Hello there, and welcome to Pink Milk, your Star Wars podcast for us super fans. And those of us who are forced to listen to them. Today is someday, and someday we're speaking with a High Republic Queen herself. And we're back. We're back. Thomas, are you ready? I'm ready. It's time to drink up. Drink up. Hello there, Pop Pop. Hello there. How are you? I am well. How are you doing? I am super. You Thank are you. super. And you're welcome. Feeling super duper as I drive my Mini Cooper? You know I'm justified. Yes, you're justified. Did you even know that was Madonna? Mm, not, no. Not oh, at all, actually. my goodness. Sorry, Emma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, if this is a fir- your first time here to Pink Milk, welcome aboard. Uh, I hope you enjoy Pink Milk because we serve lots of milk here. Star Wars is known for its milk, but we serve it pink. Boom. <laughs> I'm your host, Brian. With me, as always, is my better half and your much better host, Thomas. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. All hail the welcomes. This has been, uh, we've had a little bit of a break. Yes, we have. Our summer-ending break. Yeah, we took some time off for Labor Day. I am still wearing white because I can. (laughs) And to get the kids back in school on their routines and sports and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, you know, I felt like the summer was busy, and this is probably every parent everywhere all the time. I thought it was busy before, but now I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I have no time. I'm tired. Well, now we have kids in different schools. Multiple sports. Middle school, elementary school. Soccer. Three different sports. Karate and uh, cross country, which Mm -hmm. yesterday we went to our very first cross country uh, meet, right? Mm -hmm. Is that what it's called? It's called a meet. I keep wanting to call it a game and I keep getting corrected. (laughs) Uh, I was unexpectedly emotional at the end when I saw my little son after he ran his first race. Mm Mm-hmm. He did great. Yeah, he really did. It was I so was impressed. Yeah, they they work really hard, and we we live here in Tatooine. If you haven't listened before, we're in the southwest, so it was like 111 yesterday. So these oh. kids are also running in 111 degrees, and still kicking butt, and not complaining, which is the interesting thing. We're complaining, standing there watching them. But <laughs> I did. I may or may not have taken a two hour nap after I got home. Definitely underlying may. <laughs> Plus, and double underline did. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thomas, how was your break? What was what's your favorite thing you got to do? Oh, gosh, my favorite thing. So I don't know. I worked. I don't know. It was a busy break. It's almost like we come back from this is the vacation to come back to the podcast, to be honest. Oh, I like that. Uh, you know, I'm good. <laughs> you are good. You are good. You know who else are good? The kids. The people who listen to the show, Tom. Oh, yeah. Those were growing on YouTube. <laughs> We're up to over 450 YouTube followers now. We ju- mm-hmm. We're up to 53 reviews. Ooh. Yes. Write some more reviews, please. I love it. And thank you. And thank you very much. We've got a few, a couple more one stars. They never have the, the guts to say anything, so I just think they're homophobes. Us? They, we got one stars? Yeah, we have a few. Really? I, I really think it's just homophobes. Okay. That's okay. Bring it. So, we anyways, love everybody equally, except for those people. Uh, 
<laughs> but if you're listening to this and you've listened before but haven't written us a review, please head on over to Apple iTunes and leave us a review. It really, really does help. If you have not yet subscribed to YouTube, do that too. I really think we're working on bringing more content to YouTube as well. So keep an eye out there. It's uh, I like YouTube. It's a lot of fun. I watch it a lot. <laughs> Up and at <Adam>. him. <laughs> I don't know why. You probably don't even watch Up and Atom that often, but it's the thing that sticks in my head the most, and I feel like you watch Up and Atom like, all the time. <laughs> Which is really just the last couple of weeks because of the Erica Girardi garbage. But uh, other than that... Uh, who is... So I mentioned it, I think, in my interview mm-hmm. that's coming up that you're going to listen to here in a few minutes. I may or may not have mentioned how you like all of that, but I think I called it Desperate Housewives, and I also think I called her Tara Diaguardi, and who's Tara Diaguardi? Because I think that's someone, but that's not this person. Yeah, years ago when we watched uh, American Idol. Uh, she was the judge. Okay, so come to the Pink Milk, where you I can misquote shows, I can slander celebrities who aren't involved with other things, but I'm going to talk about them anyways, and also, you know, eventually Tom and I do play lots of trivia. Neither one of us are good. <laughs> But it's kind of fun. We do trivia sometimes on After Dark, where uh, After Dark is our live stream show, mm-hmm. where it's myself, Emma, Chase, and Mark. All of us are super fans. So you would think that the trivia would go better there. Does it, though? Not really. Hmm. They get embarrassed. I don't really care, personally. Whatever. I'm just here to have fun. Me too. <laughs> So hopefully you have some fun, too. Um, This interview was so great, and um, I can't wait for you to listen to it. Do you have anything else you want to say, Thomas? Thank you for having us back. All right. Get ready to listen to uh, myself speak with the wonderful, the amazing. I had such a joyous conversation with her, so I really, really hope that that joy comes through when you're listening now because she was so fantastic. And get ready to listen to Justina Ireland from The High Republic. Are you ready, Thomas? I'm ready. Drink up. Drink up. Well, welcome, everyone, back to Pink Milk, and the fantastic and fabulous Justina Ireland is here with us this morning, at least IRL. It's morning time on a Sunday. Hello. Hey, how's it going? It is going super, super, super. Um, Real quick, we are recording this on September 12th of 2021, and uh, I want to make sure that we do another thank you to everyone that we lost 20 years ago. it's a hard time for all of us in this country, in the world, possibly. I don't know. But here, I think it's a it's a solemn day. And uh, I always want to make sure we pay respect to all of those that came before, especially when we're talking about Star Wars and a group of people that sacrificed themselves for the greater good and for people all around them. And uh, the Jedi that our wonderful writer here writes, uh, who those Jedi stand by those beliefs very much. And um, so thank you. To everyone and to the families left behind, we are still here with you and we will never forget you. So on that somber note, welcome. (coughs) Excuse me. 
It's uh, very important. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. But yeah, it was, I mean, I think it's also weird because I have a 13 year old. So, mm-hmm. and my husband and I were both on active duty when September 11th happened. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually, we were both Arab linguists. Um, so we did like collections and stuff. And so it was weird because when it happened, I must remember it was like one of those like, like watershed moments where like, like, you know, there's always those pivot moments where like everyone responds sort of thing. Um, and it's weird, like to see, uh, yesterday watching like some of the, you know, of course in my town, like the the VFW and the American Legion always do like a flag thing. And, Mm. um, but it was weird because just since we're on the East coast, um, it's, it seems like it's way more visceral here. Like, you know, most, Mm -hmm. most of the places around here, you can still find the pieces of like the the twin towers, like a lot of places it took pieces and set up for memorials and stuff. And it's weird to talk to her about it because for her, it's like, it's a thing that they talk about in history. Right. And it's, it's weird. It's like, you know, for, for us, it's like, it's this thing that like changed our, our twenties. Like it really changed our lives. Like it changed our, our military careers. Right. Because before that we were sort of like a peacetime army and we, yeah. we you know, we, nobody, like there wasn't a lot of deployments. The, you know, the operations tempo was, was pretty sedate. And then afterwards, like everyone was going all the time. Um, and it was just, it's just weird when you, like, we talk about it, like it's been 20 years, but yet it doesn't feel, it's one of those things that doesn't feel like it's been 20 years. And I can only no. imagine for the families who lived through this and to realize it's been so long and then still have, you know, that loss, that grief, like, it's just, it's a really, it's a really big thing. I, I, I don't necessarily know that we, we appreciate it as much, you know, as, as transformative it was, it was for the American, you know, political system and our, our psyches and everything else. I think we, I think this is going to be one of those moments where like, you know, another 30, 40 years from now, historians are going to point to that. Like, yeah, that moment is where America changed again. Right. Like, you know, we have, Mm. you know, we have like the Spanish American war in the late 1800s and then we have like world war one and we have world war two. Um, and then we have like the civil rights movement. And I think nine 11 is going to be one, another one of those like pivot points where you can see nothing was the same afterwards. So I do think it's yeah. not Star Wars, but I do think it, it's, it informs a lot of, uh, I think it informs a lot of our Star Wars too. I mean, to be honest, like a lot of the Star Wars we've gotten after that has mm. been very different. So I, I, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think if you lived through it, you're just different. If you were, yeah. or if you were like an adult living through it, you are yeah. just not the same person again. And you know, for sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worst. Yeah. yeah. Truthfully, I, um, I remember I wrote a bunch of poetry during that time because I was, you know, 20 and in college. And that's what 20 liberal yeah. arts college students do, right? <laughs> and I still reread them on that day um, a lot just to just to bring myself back to where I was. And I remember writing one poem some point around it. And I remember all of the American flags that were on, you know, and what a capitalist society it is. And all, all the targets, everybody brought them in and, you know, but like, but they were on everyone's cars. And I remember writing, saying something, you know, and in one, two, three, they're all going to be gone because the trend was going to die eventually. And it's so sad that that has just happened. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really has. And I think, you know, as soon as you like take down your American flag and put on up, like, a Trump flag. It's kind of the conversation is completely changed, right? Like you can't be patriotic to a person. Like you have to be patriotic to an idea, set of ideals. And yeah, and I yep. think I mean, like I like I had already been in the army a couple years at that point, and it was the first time where I was in uniform and people would come up and say like, "Hey, thank you for your service." And I was like, 
that's weird. And now mm. it's a thing like people sort of expect it. Like you see it all the time. If you're on an airport and someone's flying in, in uniform, you, you know, you always see someone yep. like, for your service or whatever. And I just, re- I just remember it was like, it was, it was a really nice, I mean, it was a terrible thing that happened, but the reaction and the way the country came together was really nice. And I hope we can get that again without a terrible tragedy attached at some point. So it's, it's the truth. And we were talking, you know, earlier about history and how it's going to be reflected. And it was 20 years ago and it, we weren't where we are now. Like I can't imagine what that would look like now. Yeah. Everyone has a smartphone, Twitter, all of the, you know, Twitter can be great and we all know how absolutely terrible it can be. And it is sad because it is such a tool that can be so powerful and it can be so wonderful. And my Twitter experience mostly is mostly positive. Um, not always. Luckily, I can I myself can usually kind of brush through it and, yeah, <laughs> and get no. things done. I think I think definitely. I, I mean, I even Twitter in the last, you know, 12 years, 10 years has changed drastically. It's just really strange. Like you, you get to your like everyone's always like when you get old, you'll be wise. And I'm like, I don't think I'm wise. I think I'm just sad. <laughs> I think I'm like everything. I'm like, man, all those missed opportunities and not just like me, but just like life in general. And you're like, we could have been great. Like we could have done something amazing. And it's like, "Mm, or not. So yeah, that's why it's like like every single time I'm like, my husband's like, do you want to watch the news? I'm like, no, it's just going to be like sadness. It's just going to be like, and then they always give you that one like little spark of hope at the end of the broadcast uh-huh. like here's a touch warm story of like this girl who got 16 scholarships or and you're like yes. yeah, she should be able to call go to college for free like it's so sad so, yeah. average beachgoer saves sea turtle from yes! seagull <laughs> and we're like oh there were 16 yep. today but that's great yeah. so before we started recording we we're talking about family movie night and movies that we watch and after my children fell asleep uh I last night I realized that 40 something is middle aged. I was like, I was talking to my husband. Barb and Star visit Vista Del Mar. Have you seen it? I've only seen the first half, um, but <sighs> it's delightful. And I'm kind of saving it. Um, we've been, <laughs> this is kind of funny. My husband and I have been doing a rewatch of the Golden Girls because um, we freaking <laughs> love the Golden Girls and it holds up so well compared to like so many 80s sitcoms like there was just the we just watched the episode where um where Blanche's like college roommate comes to visit and she's a lesbian and so they're like trying to like oh like and like all these double entendres and I'm like this is freaking delightful like I cannot believe we didn't rewatch like this was a I mean because we were like during the during the pan the beginning of the pandemic we're like now mm-hmm. like, I don't know where are we in the pandemic now we're like in like act two are we in, we're are we in the special edition yeah the re-release special edition the first virus know. wasn't enough yeah. so we had to up the special <laughs> effects and do it again I, um, but like so at the beginning of pandemic we, like, we want to watch stuff that we've already seen and we want to like have stuff that like makes us you know feel happy and so we went back and rewatched Shit's Creek and The Good Place and then we were like wait Golden Girls I'm like I haven't seen that since I was a kid and we were watching it and I'm like it's amazing and I am like just it's just so delightful so yeah I have no we were talking about I can't remember what we were talking about but just uh Barb, it reminds me of Barb, yep. Barb and Star, it, just because of yep. that same that same kind of vibe. Yes, 
It made me so happy. <clears throat> I, um, the, there's a, uh, uh, I have it on my fate, whatever they call it on the Facebook thing. Like there's, uh, oh, the header? A, yes. With the Jedi, the, the bluey ghosts of the, the, the golden girls that have left us. <laughs> oh. So great. And then there's Rosedale. Um, it's mm-hmm. so fantastic. Rose so, showed them all. <laughs> she sure did. <laughs> She's like, don't talk shit about St. Olaf because I'm going to live forever. That, <laughs> I feel like Blanche always gets coded as the most queer or maybe um, Dorothy. But let's be real. It's Rose. Yeah. It's like she is like she can stab you in the back and you'll say thank you afterwards because she's just so cute. And like, <laughs> like, yeah. So the gays always outlive everyone. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Can you, hear the, can you hear the church bells? Mm-mm. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I was like, I don't know how much longer. It's, 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 they only do it when uh, service on Sundays. They don't do it all the time. Otherwise, <laughs> I would move. But yeah. Well, but. I would be here even if we could. That where I'm talking about something gay and the church bells goes off. So <laughs> I would have just I would have upped those levels. Right, that's what I would have done. <laughs> In all seriousness. Oh, they're Episcopalians. They're they're cool to everybody. Okay. They're cool. All right, there we go. <laughs> Just no tea, no shade to, uh, no. to churchgoers. I'm just having fun. <laughs> Speaking of churchgoers and religion, let's talk, uh, talk some Star Wars. And, yeah, let's talk some and Jedi. The Jedi. <laughs> let's talk some Jedi. So the High Republic has been very, very successful and very popular. It has to feel great. Yeah, I mean, and it I, does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, exciting. it's so, it has been... Uh, Following the last few years of Star Wars uh, and the divisions and having this thing that for the most part is pretty unified and exciting. It has to be so good to be that news special of the the, the injection of positivity into a space that needed it, um, which is I think it's so great. And I've listened to a lot of interviews with you uh, talking about Star Wars and when you got into it. And I feel like your answer is it's part of pop culture. Do any of us really remember when we got into it? So. What keeps you coming back to Star Wars? I think, yeah, that's a great question because I, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and go on the record and say um, Revenge of the Sith is not my favorite movie. <laughs> I love it because despite itself. Um, mm-hmm. And um, a friend of mine was just rewatching it. And she's like, I don't think I ever watch this entire movie in a single sitting. Like she's like, I think I only saw it. Like um, if you remember, like for a long time, TBS would have like all the movies back to back to back. And it would nope. be like a whole long weekend of just all the, the entire, everything that was available. And she's like, I think I only saw it in like, like drips and drabs, like on, on basic cable, which is kind of actually, to be honest, is how I've always watched fifth element. I've seen fifth element, like probably 20 times, but like only once beginning to end. Like, <laughs> like I always catch it. I'm like, Oh, it's on. I'm gonna watch this part, right? <laughs> um, and so she was like, I don't remember like a lot of this. And I'm like, Yeah, the thing is, is even when Star Wars is bad, it's good, right? Like, even when you're like, I have the high, high ground, Anakin, and you're like, You're fighting on lava. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I think it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, and only a Sith deals in absolute. <laughs> so you're like, what are you saying, Obi-Wan? Um, but even then, you're just like, 
I love it. Like, and I actually saw that movie um, while I was, de- I was deployed to Eastern Europe in the early 2000s when it came out. And so I was like, oh man, I want to get to see it. And so they brought it to the theater on, on post. Mm. And I remember sitting there watching it and I was like, did I miss something? Like, <laughs> like I, I was like, did I have a fever dream and misremember Attack of the Clones? Like, because like so much was happening in my like real life that like going into this movie, it felt extra surreal. And I think that's what I, I like about Star Wars. I also, I mean, personally, my favorite Star Wars movie is Rogue One, which is probably the thing everyone's always like, Rogue One? It's so sad. I'm like, yeah. But it's so good. It's so real. And it's so authentic. And those characters have, like, great arcs. And I just, I feel like that is such a, and it's, it doesn't, it's the one movie that doesn't paint the rebellion as something that was, like, mm. summer camp, right? Like, I'm going away to the rebellion. Like, <laughs> like mm-hmm. so I'll, be home, I'll be home on the weekend, Mom. Like, it's just, it's like, hey, rebellions are hard. And then you lose people you love. And there are sacrifices to be made. And I think that's why I've always liked about Star Wars. Because, Star Wars, you can have Ewoks or you can have people like sacrificing themselves to get the plans to the Death Star. And those can exist simultaneously. And I think that's what I like. That's what when 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 folks are like, that's not Star Wars or that's not my Star Wars. I'm like, but that's the point. Star Wars is everything. Right. Like you can have a horror movie that is Star Wars. You can have a Western and it's Star Wars. And that's what I think it makes it so great and keeps me bringing back because I'm like, you're always giving me something fresh, but familiar. And I think that is the key because it's like, there's that comfort of, I know what, you know, the forces and Jedi and all those sorts of things. But then there's also like, holy shit, that Jedi has a purple lightsaber. <laughs> I didn't know purple was a color we could have, right? <laughs> yes. like, think about, like, think about when, like, you know, the, when the, uh, the uh, prequel trilogy came out, everyone was like, purple lightsabers? We thought we were stuck with blue, right? <laughs> like, we didn't know there was, like, more, like, we could have a whole rainbow spectrum of, of course, there's more space. There's space for those things. And I think that's one of the things I like about Star Wars because, we don't tend to make space for new things in our, our personal, in our lives, right? Like society tends to be like, that's weird. I don't like it. You know, push it to the fringe instead of being like, mm-hmm. that could be cool. Let's, let's see how it works, right? It's not hurting anybody. It's not destructive. Like, let's see how we can work it into the rest of things. But Star Wars has always done that. And that's really what keeps me coming back, especially like, um, you know, there's a lot of like working on somebody and like we call IP, which is intellectual property. Sometimes those experiences working on stuff is basically like, here's what you're writing get it done. But with Star Wars, it's more like, hey, we kind of have this idea for this kind of story. What do you think? What do you want to do with that? Like, and you're still a lot of flexibility and a lot of creativity there. So, I mean, like, like writing, as, as far as writing IP, this has been the best IP I've ever worked on, but also I just freaking like it. Like, I just really love Star Wars. I just love, like, I mean, the whole Grogu Baby Yoda thing is just absolutely ridiculous. You're like, where, like, like after the first season, you're like, where did this guy come from? Like, <laughs> is it like Yoda and Yaddle's love child? Like, what happened? Like, what yep. were the Jedi doing in that the council chamber? Yeah, you know, yeah. there's like so much stuff. But then it's at the same time yep. we got a really cool after with the Mandalorian, we got a really cool Western series, yep. and you know that's still Star Wars. And so that's really, I mean, that's such a long like verbal vomit about like why Star Wars <sighs> is great, but it's really because it's it's. I love it. it, it it stretches and can encompass more things. And I think that keeps people coming back because they're like, ooh, what's going to be? It's new, but it's still Star Wars. I mean, I literally agree with everything you just said. Like, to <laughs> me, 
<laughs> Minus, it is funny. We just did a live stream on Friday from when we recorded this, and we talked about Rogue One. Mm. And I was Are like, I'm like, not no. going to... You're like, I don't think I do. I don't. I go back and forth. I mean, some of my some of my peak milk family made some amazing points. I'm like, I love this because I can I can rethink some of these things that I disliked. I love. I mean, it's Star Wars. Yeah, it's Star Wars. Even the the bottom Star Wars is above everything else. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, that's the thing. It's like even if you're like, oh, I don't really, I don't really like Rogue One. It's like cool. Go watch a new hope, right? And exactly, then yes. it's so great. Like, and you're like, but now you have like the background for it. So like you're like, okay, I'm never gonna watch that again. Uh, because mm-hmm. sitting on the beach and dying, spoiler, is not the uplifting <laughs> ending like I I you know I enjoy. Um and uh, to be honest, even as a Star Wars fan, I avoided Rogue One for a really long time. Like I avoided it because I was like, I don't wanna like my my husband went and saw it in the theater without me because he, I, I was like, look, I read some reviews. It's like depressing. I'm like, just not mm. in the headspace. Like I kind of just really want to like, you know, more like, you know, Ray and Finn and Poe kind of stuff. Like I just, you know, I don't. And he, he was like, yeah, I get it. Um, and then he came back and he was like, it was amazing. He's like, you should go see it. And I was like, eh. And so I did like push it off. Like I pushed it off yeah. really. And then I ended up when I watched it, I was like, Oh my God, why did I wait so long? Like, this is amazing. I love this. And I was like the only person in the theater who loved it. <laughs> there were a lot of people well, coming out like, that was so sad. There were, there were tears. Then there were people oh. coming out there like, Darth Vader is the BAMF. <laughs> See, it's so funny. That's the thing. Like, yeah. I am not, I am definitely in the minority, but I don't particularly like that scene because I, I, we, I went over all of this, but like I, I feel like it takes away from Vader in Jedi and Vader in Empire, and because it's just not topped. That's my thing, and I'm like, but whatever, you know. I am not someone who's sitting here going to make YouTube videos with red eyeballs and like <laughs> this is like this Wait, is the Star Wars I got. You're not going to give me laser eyes afterwards. It's gonna be you know, hot. if you want to, I'll give you purple eyeballs if you want. <laughs> Are you purple, you want that. <laughs> And I'll put in parentheses at her request. Please don't. (laughs) (laughs) Or pink ones. Let's let's make them pink. Everything's better in pink. But yeah, no, like I I think I, I love to be challenged by Star Wars. And that's something that the High Republic has done. Because in all honesty, like as I've gotten older, my love for the Jedi is, I'm in an interesting place with the Jedi. Like, <clears throat> they're not that great. By the time we met them, they're not that great. Oh, and I'm I still know. convinced to this day that is why people our age didn't like the prequels. They thought it was all this other stuff, but our heroes were not heroes. But and now that I'm a father, you like you still root for them. Like George Lucas's approach to that entire thing is mind-boggling how good it is because they are not good, but you can still go and buy your child a lightsaber and love the Jedi. Like it's this really that is so complex and people don't give it the credit that it's deserved. They don't give the actors the credit that they deserve for doing that. We all know everyone rags on George Lucas's dialogue, but he made all of that work. And that is really complex. And how he did that. I don't really know because I'm not talented in that way, but it's so good. Yeah, no, I I think that's, I think that's what's compelling about Star Wars. Cause even if you like, if you take it like, and this is a conversation that we have a a lot because, um, cause we're like, we, like we both like Star Wars and Star Trek. Um, but now I am going to give you red eyeballs. <laughs> but like, if you take things, if you take anything out of context, it seems silly, right? Like if you, like I saw something where people were mad that 
about geode in Into the Dark. And I'm like, yeah, if you're just like, there's a character who's a rock, it sounds silly. But if you read it in context, it's freaking hilarious, right? Yes. It is It is exactly yes. <laughs> the thing we expect from Star Wars, those moments yes. of, it's, 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 you know, Han Solo in the Stormtrooper costume and a new hope going oh everything's fine here it's great right it's that same kind of level of like silliness and so like i think it's it's one of those things it's like if you decide not to like it of course you're not gonna like it but if you mm-hmm. give things at like a genuine chance you might not love everything but you're definitely gonna find something in the high republic and i think really my favorite thing about the high republic has been getting to see the jedi <laughs> being great as opposed to the jedi being like we're going to go and walk around Naboo and kind of go to Tatooine and like watch a pod race. And, like, and you're just like, save the world guys. Save the galaxy. Yeah. yeah. I do think, I do think yeah. a lot of people in our generation had that same response. And I also love now that we, everyone seems to forget how much people hated like everything. Like I remember people hated the Ewoks. I remember people hated um, the pod racing, which I, I was, I was one of them. I had the pod racing game. <laughs> racing game for nintendo was it 64 or uh-huh. whatever game was freaking impossible to play like you just kept running yep. into walls and i'm like what is the point of this game um and so like yeah i just, <laughs> I, just I just feel like it's if you genuinely love star wars that's cool like you can talk about the things you don't necessarily love like but if you like this is not when so as soon as you say this is not star wars it's like but isn't it though you like, lost <laughs> I guess you don't like it. Just you don't like it. Like that's okay. Yep. That's an okay thing to say. Yeah, it's interesting because actually I feel like <clears throat> there is the opposite end of that too. Someone like in your in your position where you are, like you're still allowed to have an opinion, and your opinion doesn't need to take away from somebody else. I've I've let's I mean I've gotten comments of like I'm really proud of how positive we are. Even when we talk about the things that we don't like, I don't, we don't run away from people. Some of our biggest fans of the show love the rise of Skywalker. And like, I can't, I'm really trying. I don't want to not like it. I'm really, really working so hard to like it. And it's still Star Wars, So it's still better than everything else. Like I put that out, but like the fact that they still come back, I'm like, you know, I'm, it makes me proud that we're doing something right. I'm like This is possible to yeah, not maybe. like something and not scare someone away. Yeah, we can we can agree to disagree and still yes. you know, be fans. That's that's what I always say. Like, and it's it's kind of become my marching thing. Is like Star Wars is for everyone, obviously, um, but also fandom shouldn't make you upset. <laughs> like, fandom should be joyful. Like, your fandom should be something that makes you happy. You shouldn't get angry when you turn on whatever you're like, you know, the Mandalorian or the Bad Batch. Like, you mm-hmm. shouldn't it shouldn't throw you into fits of rage because if it is like what are you are you do you enjoy being angry do you enjoy that vein throbbing your temple i don't <laughs> like, like i want to like have a good time and talk about nope. stuff, like, the things i like with the people who like them as well and so like i mean i don't want to like i always say like i don't do nerd fights because it's just no winner like all you do is everyone leaves with hurt feelings just like say like oh i didn't dig it um but i can see why you liked it the end like let it leave it's it there takes. Yeah, because, yeah, we'll get things sometimes. But Brian, some like I'll get Brian. That's but that's someone's favorite part. Okay, like I'm here for that. I think that's fantastic. I love it. Tell me why you love it so much so I can like try to figure it out. It takes all time. I I think (laughs) for me, like fandom 
And let's, I mean, I really am only like super into Star Wars. So I don't know about other things the same way I lo- love this, right? But when I'm met with something that I have a hard time with, I find it as a challenge that I need to grow as a person. And this is my easiest way to access some of those things of what that really means. Like, I have not made a lot of people happy, but at the end of the of uh, the Mandalorian, when Luke takes Grogu, like I'm having a really hard time. That is my childhood hero, who, in my opinion, made a terrible mistake. Literally is making the same mistake that all the Jedi before him did. Then I put on story hat, but that also leads us to Luke at the end in the last Jedi, who I don't understand how anyone's ever had a problem with that character, because we all know once you start down a dark path forever, will dominate your destiny. And that's what he's done. He's being haunted by this. And he's us. Yeah. He looked up to the Jedi. He's like, Oh, whoa, these dudes, these people like messed up. <laughs> and he's got to process that just like all of us did. But I think that's, I think a lot of people, I have so many thoughts about like, like the last Jedi. I do, I do really like the last Jedi. Um, but I think a lot of it is that's a grown up character. And the Luke mm-hmm. we always had had before has not been a grown up character, right? Mm-hmm. It's been, it's been the plucky hero. It's been, it's been somebody who is growing up. And I think sometimes that's hard. Um, it's really hard to show how a character grows and changes, um, in a way that makes everyone happy. And I think, I mean, I don't think there was any way that you were going to be able to bring back Luke in at old Luke, right? At that mm-hmm. point and make people happy. I think that you were always going to, there are always going to be a lot of people who are going to be upset with that because it's like, I mean, what was his trajectory going to be? Like there was, there was, yep. you know, there were, there were not a lot of good options for poor Luke Skywalker. <laughs> like he had a, he had a rough start and he had a rough end. Yes. And it's like, it's just like, that's sometimes that's how life is, right? You, like you live through disappointments and you either become a better person for it or you don't, you retreat and it, you know, it, it emotionally kind of breaks you a little bit. Um, and I think that's, I think that's sometimes hard because it's like, we want, everybody wants that first feeling you have with, you know, it's just like, it's like, if you think about like being a long-term fan as like a relationship, even mm-hmm. when you have a relationship with a person, it's never going to be like that first moment of excitement, like that first kiss excitement, like that first hand-holding excitement. Like you're never going to have that through the entire length of a relationship. I've been married for 22 years, which is a long freaking yep. time. And like... Congrats. That's awesome. Thanks. And like, it's still good, but it's different than when we first got mm-hmm. married, right? And it has to be. We're different people. And I think with fandom, it's the same way as well you're growing and changing and hopefully your fandom is growing and changing as well because you know you have different people coming in creating content you know the world is changing and that content's going to somehow reflect that in some ways and so i think mm-hmm. like expecting everything to be the same thing and having that same feeling for every single piece of media that comes out of a, of a fandom is is how you get set yourself up for disappointment right like we talked yeah. about we were talking about before we started we talked about the avatar movie versus the avatar cartoon and it's like i never expected the avatar movie to be the cartoon but i expected it to at least be good like- <laughs> and i have no idea what she's talking about because there's never been a live action movie <laughs> made i don't know <laughs> refusing knowledge of existence of this thing that's healthy right that's that's yeah, how you handle exactly emotional things right yeah. okay that's uh, yeah yep. and i think i think that's i think that's part of the complexity of like realizing that like you don't have to like everything right you don't have to like everything mm-hmm. that comes out like you can say like ooh, not a huge fan like the bad batch it was fine like it wasn't my favorite i you know i'm like you i would have rather gone back and watched clone wars even rebels i really liked rebels a lot of people didn't like rebels right and so i think it's just it's not everything's gonna hit for you and but that's okay too and we can yep. like say cool and move on. And I think that's I think Star Wars such, does such a great job though of having something for everybody, 
right? Like I, I am not, I, I read a lot of comics. I just, I don't really want to read the Vader comic. I read it every once in a while. If it's you know, first something, if there's something that that's going to tie back, but I'm just like, I'm good, man. Mm-hmm. I'm good on Vader. <laughs> like I got yep. it. He's a bad guy, right? He had some, mm-hmm. he had some, uh, some emotional itch things happen and it made him a bad guy. Doesn't really absolve him of his badness. Um, but I'll read the shit out of Dr. Afra because I freaking love that. I love that comic, right? I love yep. Afra. I think she's, she's silly and plucky and like, um, Alyssa Wong's um, turn has been so fantastic. And so, like, I mean, that's cool. You don't have to read Vader. You can read Dr. Afro. You don't have to read Dr. Afro. You can read, you know, Bounty Hunters. You can, there's a lot of mm-hmm. stuff for people that you choose from. And that is what makes it great. And that's what makes mm-hmm. me like Star Wars. I mean, still. 100%. Star Wars is not afraid to go in different directions. And I think that is so brave. And, uh, you know, I'll, I really think George Lucas did an amazing thing with prequels and gave us, like we said earlier, like what he did with the Jedi, I think gave Star Wars so much freedom going forward because here he is the creator and he turned it on its head and gave you something you were never going to expect. And I think it allowed a lot of freedom later. Like, okay, I don't have to follow this because the maker told me I could. Yeah. I, I think that's like, there's a lot to be said for even that original, the original trilogy. Like there is so much that is like touched on and never expounded upon that you could like, wait, what? Like, what does that mean? Like, what is that? Like, let's dig into that. Like, what's the story behind that? And I think that's what's great about it is like, it's a, it's a, it's a firm foundation for a lot of different kinds of storytelling. Yep. Um, and you don't necessarily get that, you know, like you can't do that with Sailor Moon. I know. Cause I love Sailor Moon, <laughs> but it is what it is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, I love G.I. Joe and yeah, we're yeah, not going there with G.I. Joe. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of like, well, it's Cobra and it's G.I. Joe and you know, that's it. <laughs> And sometimes it's all you need. <laughs> sometimes it's all you need. Bring in Destro for some reason. I don't know. Why is his face metal? Never figured it out. But <laughs> it is. Man in the Iron Mask working for Cobra. Yeah. So it's, just, yeah. it's just like, I mean, it's like, it's, I, man, I just, I just, I feel like so many people, like, you could write an entire, like, dissertation on Star Wars and how it incorporates enough from our reality to create its own reality. And it's just, mm-hmm. the, I mean, the, and then we talk about, I talk about world building a lot because I'm such a world building nerd. And the fact that you're going to have things that feel diametrically opposed, but actually aren't within star Wars is kind of like, what's so delightful about it. Now I, I will say like in the EU, sometimes you're like, wait, what doesn't make any sense. Like, you told me last book that, <laughs> um, but we're just like the EU is the EU and it's doing its thing. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. You know, I wanted to piggyback on something like to bring it back to Star Wars is for everyone. And one of the things that you do really, really well, and this will be a long question, so I apologize, but, um, one of the things the EU did not do successfully for me, like I was never is into it because I don't, I didn't feel that it was written for the, the kid in all of us. And one thing you've said before, cause I know a lot of people ask you the questions of how do you write for kids and kids are just people and people talk down to kids way too much. And I agree with that. So, and I, I, I have a, a, a bad reaction when I hear people say Star Wars is for kids. Well, Star Wars is for everyone. That just happens to include children because I'm 42 and I still get just as much from it as my seven-year-old does. And it's because it doesn't talk down to its audience whatsoever. You are doing a fantastic job, especially with, with Vern. 
Ansel too of doing these really great things, talking about really complex situations. Vern to me is like, I love the fact that she's questioning these things of, of, of being a kid and being asked too much of, which I read into is like, well, we didn't talk about this stuff in the prequels, but it was really important. Like, look at Ahsoka. She doesn't really tackle this because Ahsoka is who Ahsoka is and just like charged full steam ahead. And then she wasn't given the opportunity to do that because everyone walked out on her. And a lot of queer people, to bring it back to like a pink milk specific <clears throat> type thing, a lot of us are left on our own younger than we should. And it's incredibly sad. A lot of us have to grow up quicker than we needed to, should have. Even if we're 18, 19, 20, the kinds of visceral things that are said to us, the kinds of things that as a queer person, as minorities have to deal with, we are tackled with answering things that force us to grow up a little bit. And that for me is one of the things that Star Wars does is because I can address trauma or things that I have in my personal life in a fun way. So I can tackle these things and have a smile on my face. And I think that is such a difficult, I can't even imagine how you really accomplish that but that is something that with those two characters in particular for me i think you are addressing incredibly well and i'm curious how you go about that yeah i mean i think like you're like your, your points are like incredibly valid oh, also thank you for the compliment um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think like so i mean we're we're about the same age i think we're like we're talking about kind of the same you know touchstones and 25 um, mm-hmm yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. We are so young. So wise for our age. Um, but like, you know, like, like I came out in the end of the nineties, right. When like, if you were bi, then it was just because you hadn't found the right person to either make you queer or straight or like bi was like a waiting room for your sexuality. Like, like you're like, at some point you're going to choose. I mean, let alone, we didn't talk about people being like ace or a row or like anything like that. And so I think like part of like my coming out experience was I was in the army and that was during don't ask, don't tell. So it was very dangerous kind of like, if you wanted to have a military career to also be queer. Um, and I mean, like I ended up marrying a, a, a cisgender dude. So it like, was like, well, you know, at this point it, it's not going to matter. Cause I, you know, obviously bisexual people are not cheaters, <laughs> even though mm-hmm. you know, like the, the, sometimes the, uh, uh, propaganda would have you think that, um, but, like, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's really about just being honest, right? Like t- thinking about like the things people go through and looking at it through an honest lens. Like sometimes really bad shit is just kind of funny in the aftermath, right? Like sometimes mm-hmm. you like something happens and you're like, I might die, and then you didn't. <laughs> and you're like, holy crap, I didn't die. That's awesome. And I think, I paid my pants for nothing. Yes! And you laugh at it. <laughs> and you're like, well, no, I have a place where I got in the pants. Um and so like I think I think if we don't if we don't look at life that way, like we don't look at like everything through that lens of this will be a funny story at some point. Hopefully in this life, not the next one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I think what happens is we we lose that resilience. Like, like as, hum, as human beings, we need to have a certain level of resilience to kind of push through. Um, because a lot of life sucks. Like a lot of things, you know what sucks? Paying an electric bill. That's part of being an adult. <laughs> Paying people so you can have lights on is stupid. Paying people for water is dumb. Every time I pay my water bill, I'm like, what am I paying? 
paying for. I know I'm paying for like water treatment and things. Don't email yes. me. Um, but like I'm just saying, <laughs> <laughs> the water treatment like union's going to email me. Justine Ireland hates water. <laughs> um, but like I, I think it's important to like when you're even when you're writing books and you're writing like these really hard subjects to kind of use a light touch. And I really like, I, I mean, people are, I always get the question, where are you going to write a book for adults? And I'm like, I wrote a bunch of books for adults. You're an adult, go read it. Um, and I think there's a lot to be said and lots to be learned from kids' books because kids' books um, do that and embrace that kind of idea of resilience and learning from our mistakes um, in a very purposeful way that sometimes adults need to hear that too. Like we should mm-hmm. still be learning. Like I always tell my, my daughter, you know, better today than yesterday, right? Be a better person today than you were yesterday. Be, be better at, I don't know, cutting the grass, anything, just one mm-hmm. thing, just be better today than yesterday. And I think, you know, that's something we, we get when we're in our, you know, tweens and teens and maybe early, early twenties. But by the time we hit our thirties, we're like, I'm good. I don't need to, I don't need to better myself anymore. I'm tired of bettering mm-hmm. myself. Well, we should, we could, should keep doing that. And I think when we're writing characters, especially in Star Wars, it's a great place to talk about that, right? I mean, we know what happens. Like, I mean, Vernestra does not know what happens mm-hmm. to the Jedi. She's got no clue about Order 66, right? The rest of yep. us are like, sorry, Vern, it's not going to turn out well for your folks, mm-hmm. you know? Nope. And I think it's it's important to realize that, you know, even though we're sitting here today, there are people before us that did not know how things would turn out. And, you know, they still went through their lives and they still did the best they could. They still were, you know, better today than yesterday. And I think, I think it's, it's a really, it's really important to write characters who reflect us as human beings, reflect our flaws, reflect our triumphs, reflect everything about us. Um, And that includes, you know, queerness, like different, you know, different places on the queer spectrum and different, you know, comforts with either you know sexuality or not sexuality i mean like i'm like since you were since you also lived through the 90s you remember like for a while every twi'lek was a sexy twi'lek right like if you had a twi'lek you're like mm-hmm. well she's <laughs> she's the good time girl right yep. um, and like i think it's like you know one of those things of like making sure things are not even within the galaxy making sure like our species are not a monolith, right? Mm-hmm. Not every dialect has to be sexy. Some of them are Lorna Dean will cut your head off, right? And that's awesome, but also might be sexy, but <laughs> in a very different You can be way. both. What's the, what's the <laughs> little, uh, the Disney, yeah. I forget the name of the movie, but you know, the gift. Same, yes. both, both, both are good. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, that was like Road to El Dorado, right? Yes, yes there we go. Okay. Yes. <laughs> oh, the 90s. Um, but yes, like, I think, yeah, I think it's important to like, you know, when you talk about Star Wars, when people say Star Wars is for kids, a lot of times they say it in a way that belittles. Um, but we should be giving our kids the best things that we have, right? We should always be giving the younger kids, yeah, like the, I mean, like like the best things we have. So when you say Star Wars is for kids, I think that to me it is the best thing that you can give a kid. That means it's the best thing we have available, and that's awesome. Um, yep. It's not dismissive. It's not, you know, it's not. Um, denigrating it's like do you have little feats i do <laughs> yeah and so i think it's i think it's really important to like make sure that when we are writing for in our our galaxy that we- you know we we have three kids my husband and i adopted three kids through the foster system and nothing good brought my children to us you yeah. know um and when I, I hear people like you speaking about children the way you do, I get really, I mean, I get emotional thinking about my kids anytime because we love them, right? But 
they have experienced so much in life. And for you to say they're just a child, you know, no matter what it is, and you don't have to go through what my children went through to get that. It's just so dismissive and Mm -hmm. disrespectful. And I myself have grown so much being a parent, you know, Um, because you listen, I would like to think that I listen to my children. I've learned so much from them, you know, about life and to think I know what they went through. And they can still walk through that door with a grin on their face. You know, it's yeah. a gift. Yeah. And I think, I think it's like, it's, it's really dismissive when you think that kids don't go through things. Like there are a lot mm-hmm. of kids going through a lot of things. Um, one of the, one of the messages I got when a test of courage came out is like, you wrote a kid's book about death. How dare you? I'm like, first of all, you need to read more kids books because there's a lot of kids books about death, but yep. also Kids, I mean, we started the show talking about September 11th. There were a lot of kids who lost their parents on September 11th. They lost aunts, they lost uncles, they lost older brothers and sisters. Like, there were a lot of people impacted by that. There are kids every day. We're in the middle of a pandemic. There are kids who are losing their parents in ICUs Mm -hmm. they never get to see. And to pretend that, somehow dismiss that, to somehow say that, like, kids do not have a deep, complex emotional journey is silly. It's just really, mm-hmm. it's so reductive. And it makes me, it really makes me angry when, especially when people like besmirch kid literature, because I think some of the best writing that is happening right now in literature is in children's literature, whether it's young adult literature or middle grade literature or junior readers, which is like, they're very little um, mm-hmm. picture books, picture books are doing amazing things right now. And so like, I think if you, if you limit yourself, if you're like, well, kids, they're just kids, you know, talk to a kid, man, t- like spend, yep spend 10 minutes asking a kid how their day was and not just like, how was your day? How was school? Like, what did you learn today? Like, yep. what did you discover today that you didn't know yesterday? You know, what do you want to know? Like, what is the, what are the questions mm-hmm. you have? Like, you know, what's, we still, when my daughter was younger, she went through that phase of like, I don't want to talk at dinner time. I was like, okay, you know, what's one thing you wish you knew the answer to? Like, what's one thing question you have, you know, and sometimes it was like, I don't know. Do aardvarks sleep in trees? I don't know. Let's, let's, you know, let's Google it. Right now we have the internet. Like when I was a kid, you got to go to the the library, dig out an encyclopedia. (laughs) Somebody didn't have the the A version that had aardvarks in it. Right. Checked out. You're like, damn it. I got to wait till next week. I guess I'll look at Bengal tigers instead. Or the the supermarket encyclopedias. Yes. You're just like, uh, It's just, I mean, like, I, I just feel like, I think part of the problem, you know, even this last year, people, people like to, people don't necessarily care about kids, but they like to weaponize children. And I think that's really kind of what, where I get upset because it's like, if you really cared about kids, you would have more respect for them as people. Oh. Full stop. Girl, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, some of our DCS caseworkers and God bless DCS caseworkers. I mean, they yeah. see some horrible things. I'm not, but uh, we had a few, we had a judge that didn't like gay people. We had a DCS caseworker who I'm like, no, no, these are, they're mine now. And I will, I, I am a papa bear and I'll fight and take down anyone to protect them because they've gone through and I, I take that responsibility so strong. You know, they've went through enough. They did not land here to have to go through more stuff. Yeah. And sometimes, and I can understand a mentality that somehow might drive someone here. I'm not excusing the behavior, but I can understand how you could be driven to the point of treating them like pieces of paper. And it would just, uh, you can do that with somebody else, <laughs> you're right, <laughs> but you're not going to be here. But also like we all lose the society as soon as that happens. Right. Yep. Like the fact that we have, you know, uh, I guess you guys have DCS. We have CPS. I hear it. I think. Okay. 
Um, but like the fact that we have people push to that limit instead of like Mm -hmm. giving them the support, right? Like, like Mm -hmm. we don't need to go to another country and invade ever again. Let's bolster our own social system here. Like let's, you know, get people help. Let's get better facilities for kids. You know, you, um, you know, there's, uh, I I can go, I just, I, I started out in social work and, um, after, like after I got out of the army, I was like, I'm gonna go do social work. And I burned out hard. Like it was like Mm -hmm. six months. I was like halfway through a master's in social work. And I was like, I can't do this. I, it's just, it was, it's hard. It's really, really hard. Um, and you can't necessarily change people, which is really kind of what the goal of a lot of these programs are is to change people and you're not going to change people. So like, how do you help yep. people change themselves? And I don't know that we have that answer. Um, but yeah, yep. but no, like, but like man props to you, man. Like I, like, that's awesome. Like, like, no, I'm like, you clearly love your kids. And that is the only thing that matters. That really is just how much We're, you love your kids. We are the lucky ones. We are the, I mean, literally I say I, all during 2020, you know, we were talking about September 11th and children and, and Tom and I had really like, we don't, I call it sugarcoating. We don't do any of that. You know, I can speak to them softer, which is what, you know, we, you spoken about that in writing. We talked, this is what happened on September 11th and you put it all out there because they can understand, you know, like our, 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 he's the last child to move in, but the middle child, Eli moved in six months before a lockdown happened. So his entire, and, and I will get emotional if I think too much, but like where that kid came from, I'm like, you went from that to this and you're still locked down. And like, it was really, really hard, you know? And I just saw this little child who didn't understand people and didn't know how to be around people. And I couldn't wait to show him (laughs) how wonderful the world was. And then it locked down. I was like, Oh God, this is awful. (laughs) We made it, we made it happen and we did our best and you know, he's great now, but we're the lucky ones. Like, I mean, literally I, all during the pandemic, all of us had mental health issues, understandably. So, and if you didn't have them, you should probably really think about yeah. some things yeah, because we all say. did. I was um, like, uh, you might be missing something about yourself. Exactly. <laughs> but I had to keep telling myself, I literally, every, I am living a life that I never dreamt possible for myself. I'm in my early forties. The idea that I am married was so, even when Tom and I were about to celebrate 14 years together. And even when we first started dating, the idea of us being married was never even like, uh, it just wasn't even a dream that I could have because it was too depressing to think it was going to get there. So we, you know, after however many years it was, we set our life up as best as we could. So we would be taken care of as best as we could, you know? And then the idea of having kids, like I wasn't going to be, have a surrogate. That was just not my plan for me. That was, I didn't think I was here for that. And then the idea of adopting children, the way you had to go about it, I wasn't going to support a system that wasn't going to let us, you know, do it together because that's, you know, it, it's, it's a very complicated thing. It was, we're all here now, you know, and I think about how many times I got beat up, how many times I got spit on, how many times, and the things that happened to the people that came before me to get to where we are right now and to have these moments of like, you know what, this stinks right now, but look at all of this. I literally am living a dream and it is the most it's really, it gets overwhelming. And that's one of the things that like, I think star Wars does so well under all these unsurmountable odds at the end. I just tweeted the thing. I really miss George Lucas endings. I love how the end of all of his movies, we pan the camera back and there's like this completely unrealistic lineup of things and the music swells and you feel happy no matter how bad it is. Even at the end of revenge of the Sith, 
Mm-hmm. You know, there is hope at the end of it. You're like, oh my God, I just went through all of that. <laughs> but now I get this. And even Rogue One, you know, yeah. I fell hard for that movie because I was not one of the people. I'm like, why do they have to die? Like, there's a big galaxy. They can just be over here somewhere. They don't all have to die. Yeah. But there's uh, uh, Cassie and Andor gives that little look and it goes out in light, which is very sad. But at the same time, like, we all know what they sacrificed for. We know the ending. And so there is like this. They did it. They did it. And you can't help but be kind of happy. You know, I think it's, it's just what Star Wars brings. It's so great. You know, in, in phase two, we open up with this great world fair in the High Republic. <laughs> and we're like happy to like, oh, look. And, you know, for a hot second. <laughs> yeah. So I want to ask a question about the the expansiveness of the cast of characters that the high Republic has brought. Like it means so much to so many people um, to see ourselves and things. And, and I love this podcast has brought, you know, I, like I said, I'm a 40 something year old gay dude. I never thought straight people would ever, like, I just, I don't like that and I'm working through it. But the truth of the matter is I, you know, I, I just felt very isolated for a long time. And this podcast, I've learned the majority of people who listen are straight people. And the kinds of messages I'm very lucky to have received some, you know, great things. It was just, it's overwhelming to them. I'm like, wait, because we're very gay on the show. Like, we don't hide it. <laughs> we hold nothing back. Like, it's a big old gay dance party all the time. I'm like, but they're here. They're here and they're listening to our stories. And it's really, I'm like, wow, the, like, the, world, the world has really changed. And now Star Wars is reflecting that because we still have yet to do it on screen. Yeah, I know. Let's get it done. <laughs> and I am going to put in a real quick sidebar request because I did just watch Rogue One. I'm going to request the higher public. Somehow the Guardians, the Wills are still in existence. Right. Because they're not in there yet. Right. They haven't been mentioned. Yeah. Please make all of them gay. Therefore, Bays, <laughs> there is no like they have. That is the one rule. <laughs> Like, like, yeah, Bane and Turret are definitely everyone's They're favorite space gun- uncles, right? They're gay uncles. Yes. Yes. yes, I know. I have, I have very few Hasbro black figures, but I okay. have them on my bookshelf downstairs, and they're right next to each other. And I have them and like Lando, and those are the only <laughs> black figures I have from Hasbro because I'm like, yep. they need to be together happily on my shelf. Um, because yes, they are very much, and I, I think that's like, yeah, and I think that's like one of the things. You know, again, you know, better today than yesterday. Even yep. like if you look at the run of movies, you know, there are n- no people of color in A New Hope, right? But then we mm-hmm. get Lando in um, The Empire Strikes Back, and then like when we get to the prequels, you know, there's a you know a lot more people of color, and then mm-hmm. we get to Rogue One, it's like, oh my god, there are people of color in the galaxy. That's amazing. Um, they all yep. die, which is less amazing, but <laughs> you know, and like, and so I think it's it's definitely one of those things that like, yeah, I, I definitely would think the Guardian of the Wills were probably like monks, right? Like all mm-hmm. you know, um, gay monks, gay monks. Um, <laughs> That's really, I like delightful though. It's just like, but I'm like, are they having dance parties and brunch? And like, uh-huh. they're like, that's, yeah, like, yes, yes, that's exactly what Of course they do. I know they did. There was a Guardian of the, wasn't there some manga that came out that was Guardian of the Wills? I can't remember. I feel like I, I miss so much stuff. People but are like, you have the power now. You have the power. You and your team have the power. Make it canon. Make it. Make it. <laughs> 
Do you know how hard I had to fight for a light whip? <laughs> oh, <laughs> and thank God you did. Thank I God. Like, What's the purpose? I'm like, because it's cool. <laughs> Sometimes it just needs to be cool. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's, I do think it's really, it's great. Like there are people who are really like, I mean, science, I mean, let's be honest. Science fiction has always been great at pushing boundaries. Mm-hmm. It should be, um, you know, the golden age science fiction pushed boundaries and maybe not the, you know, in the ways we necessarily would have liked. Um, but it still pushed those, those ideas and like pushed things forward. And so, you know, even if it's space fantasy, cause you know, star Wars always straddles sort of that line between fantasy and sci-fi. Um, I do think it should be open. I think it should be more, you know, like expansive you should be able to have you know a planet explode but then you can also have like a character who appears to be a rock to everybody else right who's not paying attention and so i think it's that's one of those things that's just like yeah like like let's expand it let's include everyone i was uh i was super disappointed that the the finpo arc did not um end in a romance between the two of them or even like besties riding off into the sunset best quote air quotes besties riding off the sunset mm-hmm. because it just seems like it was, it was time. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, think, I think at some point you have to, you know, this idea that um, that queerness only happens when you hit the age of eighteen is silly. Like, it, and it, the idea that it only happens to like one couple out of twenty is also silly. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I, I mean, and it's not. I don't think it's. It's not my circles. Like, my my kid came home first week of school. And she's already identifies as queer. She's proud, proud member of the uh, Alphabet Mafia. She as she likes to I say. Love it. And so she came home, and I'm always worried about her getting picked on because obviously we grew up in the same same time yeah. frame. And I was like, "Did anybody say anything to you?" Like I'm like, "Do I need to go like bust heads at school?" Because I will. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "No, man." She's like, "Everybody in my school's gay." And I was like, "Okay, but every- I guess they could be. Love like, it. Right? Love it. Everything yep. can be like a, a little. And I think that's what like like we should understand is like sexuality also isn't fixed, right? Like the person you the things you find attractive when you're 18 are not necessarily the things you find attractive when you're like 40. Um, the things you find attractive yep. at 19 aren't necessarily the things you find attractive at 29. So I think yep. even even that, like we sh- like we have to realize that like love is the important thing, not like who you love. Right. As long as like mm-hmm. you, can, you can get that. Like, I mean, cause I mean, there are people who, and everyone, I mean, everyone loves, like not everybody has wants romantic relationships, but everyone like has those emotional attachments to somebody. And those emotional relationships are really, I mean, when you're talking about characters, when you're talking about individuals, that's really what keeps people grounded and keeps us moving forward. Um, I can't tell you how many days I would just lay in bed and not get out of bed if it wasn't for the fact that, you know, like my husband and my kid and my cats and my dog are, you know, depending on me to do stuff. Um, So, yeah, I think I really think it's connections are important. And I think we should see connections for all kinds of folks. I mean, and not just I mean, also, like, you know, like, let's get some more. um, There's some more queer alien races in here, too, or alien species, because I do think we tend to like. We tend to be so fixed on this idea of biology, but we can't think that every single Star Wars species has the same biology as humans because that makes no sense, right? Like yep. some people are going to be out there laying eggs, right? Some people, yep. you know, the Mon Calamari live underwater. So obviously they're going to have some weird way that they, you know, it's weird to us, completely normal to them. Yep. And so I think it's just, I don't know. I think it, I think sometimes we get so bogged down in like, the narrow four corners of our own experiences that we don't bust them open. And so I'm glad to hear that there are people mm-hmm. who are like, 
yeah, I do need to like broaden my, my, you know, I do need to, to, to reach outside of necessarily what I know and learn more. Um, because yeah, that's, what kind of, that's kind of what I'd hoped the internet would bring. I didn't think it would bring like all the bad things. I was like, Oh, yay. More information. Ooh, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what's a more <Facebook>? information. <laughs> yeah. <they're> like, Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, I am not a huge uh, social media person. Like I was never on Twitter really before this happened. And let me tell you, I was so naive to the beginning. Like I, I'm so sorry. Just very naive. I was like, oh, okay. Twitter's um, like being thrown in the deep end of the pool, right? Like you had to like grow. Like I went through like MySpace and LiveJournal and Tumblr and then like ended up on Twitter. Like if you just start on Twitter, it, that is like, it's like learn to swim, buddy. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, you know, and like I said, my experience for the most part is really, really fantastic. Like more often than not um youtube is funny and like i said i don't i don't really hide things like we get some really horrible comments on youtube not very often but we do <laughs> and my son happened to read some of them and we get a lot of like your children should be taken away from you blah 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 all of that and i don't remove that stuff some of them been removed because people comment but i'm like no i'll let i'll let this person show their face like all right, good. Like it exists. And I think it's important to say, no, this isn't just us with an SJW like agenda. Like this really happens. No, I didn't create a fake account and put this on. This happens. But my son was just like, so mad. He's like, that really happens. And why, what does he know? How does he know if I'm happier here? Why did I was just like, you know, this is just the world that we live in, dude. You know, like you've been through a lot. That was hard on us at the beginning of and it's like I said earlier, it's the scars that I carry because I'm a nineties kid and I wish I didn't have them. And I'm working really hard every day to like not have them, but they are there. And it has shaped my worldview, not in the best way. Sometimes, sometimes it's really healthy, but you know, our kids went through enough and then, you know, we're an interracial family We now they have two dads. They have all of these things that are just at them all the time. They're just like, you're different, you're different, you're different. And we have to work real hard of saying, but that's totally fantastic. And don't let anyone ever knock that from like use that as a ding. Say, no, I am. And it's great. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, no, and I, I think, yeah. Like, and I think that's like the internet is, is one of those things where you're just like, I don't know where you come from or what your home life mm-hmm. is like, but like, you should touch grass, man. Like you should go out. I love that and, expression. Like, oh my God. Go touch some grass <laughs> and like hug a tree or like something. Um, yeah. When, um, uh, in, in January, February, when the high Republic first launched, um, my husband is like, he's like a YouTube browser. First of all, my husband is like basic white guy from Pennsylvania. Right. So he is like, <laughs> you're racist. He's like, wait, he was coming. He kept getting these records. Somehow he clicked on something and got all these, like the algorithm for like all these videos. And he's like, I like this one with you with laser eyes. He's like, that would be really helpful when it's time to cook dinner. He's like, you can just like laser <laughs> fish and then we could eat faster. And I was like, that would be really good. infrared laser. Like, yep, that's medium rare. Now we can eat dinner. Um, and so like, I think it's, 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 it's hard especially when you have kids because you're like well i don't want them to get wrapped up in this but then it's like that's the world like yep sometime at some point you're gonna have to work next to that person at mcdonald's at your job right and you're gonna be like holy crap there are people who actually think this way and it's good because i think you i mean i do think you have to emotionally like prepare yourself um and mm-hmm. your kids for knowing that there is still hate in the world and yep. it's one of those things it's always the people who who are like think they're good people who are somehow 
the most vicious. And you're like, what do you get out of this? I mean, like, I mean, I get paid to write Star Wars. <laughs> so, yep. like, I'm, I love Star Wars, but I also, you know, it's, I also, like, but what do you get out of, like, making a 45-minute video, like, highlighting someone's tweets from, like, three years ago? Or, like, I can't even imagine what that has to be I like. I'm like, I can't. I just, I'm just like, I, like, if that makes you happy, I guess. But, I mean, it's not going to change my life because I'm good. <laughs> like, yep. like, I'm I'm here and I'm doing the things I want to do. And not hurting anybody and i think Mm -hmm. that's the the biggest thing it's like what are you what are you putting out in the world i think we don't like i mean i think we talk about my husband and i with our daughter always talk about the social contract um you know it's one of the things we talk about it's like what do you owe the other people Mm -hmm. who exist in the world with you um and how much is too much right it's like i do think you know you should be kind and you should be generous but you should also be firm and have boundaries and and not let people walk all over you um but i just don't understand what people who go on to random sites and like spew hate like what are you getting out of that like the joy of knowing you ruined somebody else's day like that's the like (laughs) man take Mm -hmm. up knitting knitting you'll have a sweater at the end at least yep you know, and I think that's I think that's what's sometimes hard, um, especially with fandoms, is realizing those folks exist. My kid is really into anime, and every once in a while, she'll be like, "This person said this terrible thing," and I was like, "Yeah, just block them and move on. Like, what are they going to add to your life yep. if you can engage with them? You're not going to get anywhere. You're going to be upset. They're going to be whatever they're they are. If they're even real, they could be a bot. Like, <laughs> exactly, be a line of code <laughs> fighting with you. So, you yeah. know, I think us as humans, it's probably pretty universal. We're always concerned with what we're going to leave behind, right? Like, what is our purpose? What are we leaving behind? I'm like, and that's what you choose to do with it. You know, we've all fumbled. We've all, whatever, we've all fumbled somewhere along the way. And that's fine. But some of this stuff like that, like, okay, not everyone chooses to have children. I get it. But like a lot of people do, right? And like, how are you going to feel in 20, 30 years when your kid sees who mom or dad was right <laughs> like, right are you gonna like, gather each other up like look up look here little jimmy this is the time i i spewed hate on these six different sites and you're like i mean i guess or, maybe if that's like yeah, that's, i was gonna say or do they sure. want them to see that i'm like i don't know like i love the social contract you know and the one of the things like i love star wars because of a mask like i love the mask i love like we all have a mask to a point. We all like present ourselves to the public in a certain sort of way, like, and, and try to represent ourselves in a way in which we do. Right. Especially as we are getting older, we all try different hats on and don't want to be this kid. Don't want to be that kid. And I don't think it ever really goes away. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's because I'm queer that like, I'm forced to deal with that more often. Like, you know, I, you think you're coming out and you're like, you're either too, too butch back then you're too gay you're too this you're too that you can't be like uh, uh, okay well at some point in time i just had to figure out uh, this is just me and that's the way it is and i like to think i'm a nice person and so i guess i just don't really care (laughs) what you think i should or shouldn't be because i'm gonna go out and be the best i can every day and i'll listen to you and if i'm like out of line somewhere maybe that needs to be noted no you're just think that you're right and i'm wrong and i don't need to listen to that noise right yeah, but, and I just I just think it's like you know everybody's entitled to an opinion, mm-hmm. but not every opinion is valid, <laughs> like, like, right? And I think that's yep. like that's really hard, especially nowadays. I think I think social media is incredibly difficult for younger folks too, because I think they've never lived in a world without it. 
Um, yep. And so realizing that like not everybody who is engaging with you on social media is worth your time and effort is also a really important and healthy lesson to learn that sometimes it's just like, you know what, I'm going to block you and we're going to be, we're going to go on our parallel paths in this, this, you know, galaxy. And yep. at some point if we cross again, then we'll deal with it, but probably not, probably never, yeah. you know, so yeah, like, I mean, honestly, that's the whole reason why I started this. My son wants to, he's 11, almost 12 now, but like <laughs> wants to be a YouTuber because he's 11 and I'm like, okay, like I want to support that. I want to like, I'm like, I don't know anything about this. Yeah. Let me start a live stream. We have this thing. And I'm like, and I need to figure out what this is like, because I need to see what the world will do to things. Right. And I'm like, okay. And he's there. And I, I'm like, I, I don't know. And now he's read some of those comments too. So I, at least I got a light bulb of how he's going to respond to these things. Cause the truth of the matter is people are going to say some really horrible things. It's yeah. just uh, like, so I'm like, Kids. all right, it's, yeah. Can my, can my kid handle this? Can he handle hearing that? And I'm like, all right. Like I, I have to let him, I have to let him put himself out there and I can be here to support with what's going to happen, but I can't really shield him from everything because this is the world now. Like this is the world. And I'm excited at 12 years old, you're really ambitious and you want to do this thing. So like why I, I'm like, at some point, I'm like, I'm going to stop him from believing and dreaming and wanting to do things if I'm afraid of the consequence, because the consequences and reactions are going to come regardless. Yeah. You know, true. so it's interesting, but let's pull it back to Star Wars because I don't <laughs> want to keep you all morning. You, I want to talk about Diva or Deva. How do you, how do you say her name? Is it I Deva mean, or I Diva? Diva is pretty good, but I'm, uh, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I say Deva, but I also okay. am not a pronunciation okay. uh, kind of person. I'm like, if, however you pronounce it, that feels right to you. I'm always like, that's good. Um, which Love I know it. makes people a little uh, banana pants because they're like, I want to know what's right. And I was like, look, man, my husband and I once had a fight, whether it was at, at, or at, at, <laughs> and I never want to live through that again. So you pronounce it however you want. <laughs> Well, to all of us 80s gay kids who see nothing but pizzazz from Gemini holograms, so yes. like, but in alien form, it's Diva. Cause... Yeah. So Diva. we have been joking that she needs to get into live action, played by Lady Gaga, because I'm sorry, like that's like perfection. And so we're going to put in a request to have a girlfriend created for her that Janelle Monet can play because we would really like here at Pink Milk, both Lady Gaga and Janelle Monet in Star Wars somehow. Is this possible? Oh, my God. I wish. I wish I had that power. <laughs> Let me call up KK. Hey, KK. Can you uh, make sure we get Gaga in the next movie? Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think that would be delightful. I, I was – when they were like, hey, do you want to – do you want to write this job of the hut comic? I'm like, sure. Can I make a character there? We'd love for you to make a character. I'm like, cool. Cause I have, I have, I have the character. Um, and when we first got the concept art back for it, I was showing my husband and he was like, you have brought all of your love of eighties things. Right. Cause like I told you I was a big GI Joe fan. I okay. love Gem and the holograms. Um, I even liked if you, if anybody's out there has not read the reboot that they did through, um, I think mm -hmm. IEW comics yep. did, the, did the reboot. Yeah. Not the, the, te the television reboot was, man, nah, there's been like several reboots. I don't know yeah. what reboot we're on yet, but the comic book that they did, was really fun and really great. It was yep. really brightly colored. So much pink. Oh, God, um, so good. so like, I just like, I was just like, yeah, I want it. I want something that feels <laughs> like that, that really over the top, like eighties cartoon character. 
Um, and then also she eats her ex-boyfriends, which is the best thing. It's <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, I don't like you anymore. <laughs> and now you're gonna. Yeah, but no, I think it'd be great. I think Melanie would be an amazing amazing in a star wars um and the best part about janelle monet and like lady gaga is they could probably show up as they are and fit right into the <laughs> <That's exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm like no that's definitely someone from coruscant like they definitely mm-hmm. have a look down yeah no i yeah I, janelle's already got the it was anorectoid is that how you what yeah. you know she's got a little gold outfit she's she's already c-3po cosplaying we got yeah. this it's just like, man, can you imagine how much fun Lady Gaga must have getting dressed in the morning? She's just like, I mean, I'm also always in awe of her shoes because I'm like, I am not a heels wearer. Like, <laughs> like if there's any, like, I try, I tried it. It didn't, it wasn't my thing. And so, no. like, whenever I see her show up in those heels, I'm like, damn, look at her heels. I was like, I always, heels? I'm like, no, I couldn't. No, no, no that's not something I didn't have to do. I wish one of our uh, our co-hosts on the live stream chase is so great. They're amazing at like wearing they, they can just wear whatever they want. I'm like, man, I wish I had the guts you have. I like live in flip flops, T-shirt and shorts. Like ah, I'm just like same that basic. I'm boring. And I'm like, whatever, I'll put a cute sour shirt on. Even that, though, it's like black. I have black shirts and white shirts. I'm super basic, whatever. Uh, yeah. Uh, but she's, I, I love that character. It is fun. And yes, literally it is like throw up of eighties cartoons in one character in the best way. Yeah. I have got to meet Christy Marks once who created Gem and the holograms and wrote yeah. some of my favorite Jerry Joe episodes. Oh my God. She was, I was just, uh, this is what I, cause I'm me, like I meet like, you know, people like you and I'm going to have like, let's talk about this. I spoke to, uh, Trace Martez on the podcast once and I asked, can you decorate your and Ahsoka's apartment? Like you're going to buy a house because you are together. And like, what is your part? This is what I do. You know, I want to have some fun. Um, but I want to ask one final question about the edge of balance. So we were talking about comics. This is just came out. I have not been able to read it yet. I'm very bummed because I'm very excited. It looks beautiful. Can you tell me about that experience writing from novels to comics, you know, we had the bounty hunter thing. It's ha- it's got to be very different. And we spoke at the beginning of the episode about letting go of creativity sometimes. And I would imagine writing comics, it's super collaborative. Uh, you know, like, how do you share that kind of that, that level of creativity with somebody else? Yeah. So, I mean, like, I'm going to be fully honest for Edge of Balance. I, I didn't write nearly as much as uh, Shima did. Um, Shima, Shima wrote the script. I was mostly just there to make sure like it fit with the rest of the High Republic stuff because, you know, we have, (laughs) we have so much (laughs) coming out um, on the High Republic side and there's so much stuff that's done like way in the, like Mm -hmm. way in the future, right? Like, like you guys know about like wave three, but like there's other stuff. Right. And so it was mostly about making sure the stuff came through, but um, like all of that was, was Shima. Like they, they're amazing. Like little Bansheans, like that was um, the artist. Like, I, and like, so yeah. So like, it was actually really cool because like, I didn't see, because I was working on so many other things. I didn't really see until we'd gotten to past thumbnails um, like I was mostly just going through with the story part. And then when we got to, when we started to get the art and everything back, I was like, Oh, 
this is so much fun. I'm not an artist. So I tend to not like comment on art, even with the mm-hmm. job of the hut art. Like I was, there was, I was just like, yay, art. Um, and, and like, you know, the editor would be like, go back and like, ah, oh, this is, you know, this is needs to be fixed or this needs to be fixed or this thing stuff. So for me, it's just all about like, it's just all fun. Like I have, mm-hmm. I have no words of wisdom <laughs> about, about writing. Um, well, it's honesty. There we go. I love yeah, it. Yeah. It's, I mean, <laughs> It is different because when you write a script, right, you have like, you know, for for those who don't know, when you write a comic book script, you write your panels and then you describe the panel and then you have your dialogue and your caption and then your sound effects. Um, And then like, you you know, you have to know, like, you can only have so many panels per page. So you have to be able to visualize it. But anybody who's read a lot of comic books knows that there's a lot of different ways that you can arrange stuff on the page. And even with Jabba the Hutt, like I tend to give the artists like a lot of freedom, right? Like Mm -hmm. I tend to say like, hey... Um, this page should be five or six panels. If you can, if you can merge a panel at the end to a bigger panel, that'd be cool. You know, this is the, you know, for example, in Jabba the Hutt, the first shot is that establishing shot of Jabba's palace, because I'm like, okay, we need to set the t- like where we are. And so, you know, like we need an establishing shot of Jabba's palace, you know, pulled away, you know, like, let's get some dialogue of what's happening in, and then we go inside and that's those sort of things. And so it's, it's a little different because it's also quicker. Like it takes me, it takes a really long time to write a book, um, which is why it's always setting, upsetting when people are like, I read your book in a day. You're like, it took me like five months <laughs> to write that. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, but like a comic book, it's like much faster because you're only basically doing half the story. The artist is doing mm-hmm. half the story. Um, so I really enjoy it. I, I enjoy collaborating. I think um, there are a lot of writers who do not. Um, and they will tell you <laughs> that they don't enjoy re- working with yep. people. Um, but I like it because I like being able to, it's like you get to actually enjoy the thing that you're creating as opposed to when you're creating a book, it's just about writing the book and making sure the story pieces are there and the set pieces that need to be there, especially in something as big as the high Republic. It's so connected. Yep. Um, when you're doing like comics and stuff, I get to actually have a measure of enjoyment from that. So I really love doing awesome. comics. I, yeah, I like. I think. I think. I understand why people are like. I only want to write comics for the rest of my life because I'm like, yeah, because you write the script and then you do get something to enjoy back. You don't. Mm-hmm. It's not just like more work <laughs> with a book. You're like, here's your mm-hmm. revision. You're like, oh, more work. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah. I can. <clears throat> what is that collaboration like with the Higher Republic? I mean, like, was there? How did y'all get to like hang out before? Like when all of this was happening, was there like? Um, just let's jive together and get to know people as people. Did any of y'all know each other ahead of time? Like, how did what is that process like? Because it has to be, it it it, it has to be so much fun. And it's uh, from a fan's perspective on the outside, we all know that the red laser eyeball, like YouTubers that think they know everything that went down. There was never a plan. They don't know what they're doing. Blah 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 blah. Like. Lucasfilm has done a good job, at least their marketing department, of like expressing all of the collaboration that happens. And from the outside, it also looks a little bit like, okay, well, we need to make sure we say we're collaborating this time because last time we did the exact opposite and some people really loved it, some people didn't. But there's no way there isn't collaboration with the way this is unfolding so far. What is that process like? Yeah, no, it's extremely collaborative. Um, So we... We, we, like, we got together. So Mike, basically, uh, Mike Seglane, who's, uh, like, the head of the creative director for Lucasfilm, had this idea. Um, we didn't really know what we were going to be writing. We just knew we were going to be doing, like, this huge, like, sort of, you know, multimedia kind of thing. And so we met. Um, 
I knew Daniel Jose older from before because we uh, worked in YA together. Um, and we were both kind of really into like a push for diversity. Um, Daniel's one of the first time I met Daniel was to get rid of, um, the world fantasy award used to have, uh, award a statue of HP Lovecraft, which if you know anything about Lovecraft, mm-hmm. he's super racist and super yeah. misogynist and not a good person. Um, and so he had been part of a campaign to get that removed and, and change the award, which is now a giant moon with a, a tree behind it, which is, it's a really lovely award. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I, I knew Daniel from that and also from um, just young adults. Um, young adult publishing feels big, but it's not. It's like it's like a high school <laughs> where everybody knows each other, whether you like each other or not. It's a different mm-hmm. conversation. Um, I knew Claudia from the same, from the same, in the same way. I knew her um, from her books, not from her, necessarily her Star Wars books, but from her, her other books that she had written. <laughs> Um, and then I had never met Cav or Charles, although we had been on a panel together, like the summer before at San Diego Comic-Con, um, which is like the big Lake Lucasfilm publishing panel where like Lottie Dottie, everybody gets the party and you're just mm-hmm. like, you know, it's, it's like two seconds and you're there and then you can go d- enjoy the rest of the con. Um, so we got together the day before we rode up to Skywalker Ranch and we kind of just hung out and had drinks and like, you know, chit chatted and it was like, cool. Like, you know, it, like everybody, it was like very much one of those things. Um, and then we went up to the ranch. It was like very collaborative. Like we had, you know, we had the editorial staff from Lucasfilm. We had story group was there. Um, we had some folks for some, from some other places. And then like, of course there's the film crew was there because you guys see the, the same five clips that keep showing every time. <laughs> we um, and so it was like really collaborative. And like, we just talked about what we loved about star Wars and like what we wanted to see more of in star Wars. And then we started, we kind of came up with these pitches and then we like went away and wrote, but when we went away, the five of us were like, we should keep in touch somehow because it's going to be important for us to keep talking. Um, and so we started a Slack channel and like, we are in there probably every day, like talking about story. Um, I will say I probably worked the closest with Cav just because a lot of our stuff has lined up, but also personality wise, we mesh really well. Um, just we have the same stupid sense of humor and like about a lot of things. And so, you know, sometimes I'll be like, Cav, are you busy? And he's like, yeah, it's 2 a.m. on the sleep. <laughs> uh, no, never, no, no, never. But like, you know, sometimes he'll be like, hey, do you have time to chat through this? And he'll be like, yeah, let's talk through this. I'm like, well, and same thing. He'll be like, hey, I want to bounce some things off of you. I'm like, sure. And then like, you know, we'll take things like, hey, like, you know, what are you guys doing with this thing? Like, you know, and so like, we've planned, everything's planned out. Like, I know it's, it, people are like, it's chaos. And it's like, no, it's, it's organized chaos. <laughs> welcome to every single creative person's brain yes i won't say it's not chaos because everybody like we will agree on things i'm like wait a minute was it this or that and we're like oh like did we go that deep in the ground um but it's usually things it's usually things like who's on first it's never like is it a baseball game or a football game which are two different kinds of conversations but yeah i know it's extremely collaborative i i i like it a lot um there are some days it's frustrating right because you're like oh i need to get something done but you're not sure if the other person is doing it in their piece of media or if you need to establish um, scaffolding. And then sometimes it's like, you know, you're like, oh, you didn't get to this part in your storytelling because you didn't have space for it. Okay, I'll pick it up in my storytelling. And I mean, because we know, we know where everything ends up. We know where everyone ends up. We know, like, you know, if, you know, it's one, it's one of those things I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. Um, and so, like, we have, we have it, like, planned out. And I think I think for some folks it's hard to think of that scale. 
Um, because if you are mm. not a creative person, sometimes it's hard to understand like how brains spin out plots. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been great. I've really enjoyed it. I didn't, didn't always think I would enjoy it. There were times where I was like, I don't know, man, maybe I should just go write a book by myself again. Um, but I ended up actually really, really liking it. Um, to the point where I'm looking at more like collaborative types of uh, storytelling. I love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. It's, um, uh, I mean, I'm a creative too. Like I'm a graphic designer, like IRL for, you know, mortgage payments and uh but i <laughs> wait 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 yeah. are you like <laughs> wait so do you design like the mailer that's like hey your bill is late or do you design oh like, no 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 oh, i'm well, saying i have to make is. money oh, yeah so i can make my mortgage <laughs> yes. i thought you meant like i design mortgage oh, yeah. like, oh. i know someone has to design those coupons oh. but <laughs> yeah oh yeah. But, you know, we were speaking mortgage payments and I, we did get to pay off our solar because I live here on Tatooine. So like solar yeah. is great. So let me tell you, when we were talking about paying lights on, I pretend like I forgot how much the solar cost to put on my roof because now I look at my payments and like our last bill and mind you, it was 111 yesterday. So, right. Our last, but this is such a boring podcast. I'm sorry, everyone. $200, <laughs> which might seem really expensive, but this time of year, it's normally like $450 for like, oh, wow. an, for like an electric bill. So I'm like, oh, here we go. I can, I can make more of those coupons. And if you need me, if you need me to type out the bills for a mortgage company, I'll do that too. I can get a little side hustle in here. It's all good. But <clears throat> a long time ago, it was, I had written and self, and self-published like a bunch of comics. That's what I, cause I love comics and I, and yet the creative process is, is so like I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't work with another artist. Now back then we weren't getting paid. So like, like there's a yeah. lack of a lack of uh um commitment sometimes <laughs> when there isn't a paycheck involved and it's just a passion project, right? Um but even with this show it's it's been an amazing thing doing the live the live stream. It went from just Tom and I to these people that I met through podcasting and we did a round table talking about um the Mandalorian, which was very queer coded to me. And like, it's a very queer show. And so I, we met all these people and it's just, I mean, it's, a, it's about found family. So uh, yeah, yeah. Like, there's a big found family family. So yeah, man, I love that show way more than I ever should have. <laughs> was, in all honesty, I was like, I like Boba Fett. Like he's rad. I, I don't need to see a show about Boba Fett. Now I also can't wait to see the show about Boba Fett. But because you're like, I never need a TV, another show on Tatooine. And then you're like, oh, I'm listening. Oh, uh, <laughs> I love Tatooine. It is my favorite location. Yeah. I know, like, people are like, really? We have to go back there? I'm like, yeah, we do. It's amazing. <laughs> it's home. Anyways, um, what, what do we have going on? What do you want? Is there anything you can tell people that you have coming up? Um, well, January, we have the end of phase one, which with our wave three, it's not confusing at all. Um, <laughs> but Mission to Disaster is going to be the next middle grade book. And that's, I wrote Ooh. that. Um, and Daniel wrote, I think Midnight Horizon is his, he's the, got the YA book, the young adult book. And then um, Claudia has um, The Fallen Star, which is the next adult book or the Del Rey. Um, and that is the end of phase one. So, and you let it in, we have lots of stuff coming, apparently. Yeah, there's stuff, other stuff that will happen, um, that has not yet been announced. So, I Love mean, it. we did announce the phases, I think, at some at one point. That, like, I don't know, like, I lose, I lose track of the uh, 
the media messaging because it's not my my job and I yeah. don't have to. Um, but yeah, I do. I think we did announce that there are three phases, um, and so like there is of course more storytelling coming. But I'm I'm yeah. also excited to take the story in new directions, maybe um, new things for folks to wonder how it's going to play out, um, and then also, I mean. You know we're gonna break some hearts because that's what we do. <laughs> that's what's it. Well, it's about- already <laughs> happened. I mean, it's already happened. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be real. Uh, you can't spell Star Wars without death of, of a beloved character. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yep. Um, no, honestly, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate this was an absolute blast. You are just as lovely to speak to IRL as I had hoped for. So thank you. Yeah. It's been great. Where can people find you? Oh, you can find me. I mean, you can find me on Twitter sometimes at Justina Ireland. <laughs> I'm not there as much anymore. I am busy. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm writing books. Thank God. Also, the world is, a, is a to- in the toilet. So, you know, sometimes it's just better to log off social media. But you can always find me on my website, JustinaIreland.com. And it has all the announcements and stuff like that. And then also, you know, there's the whole Star Wars High Republic section on the StarWars.com website. Um, and that's got some really great character stuff. Um, I think there's some cool stuff coming up there for October, which is Star Wars Reads Month. Um, so oh, awesome. if you like Star Wars books, it's the month of Star Wars books. It's spooky month, but also Star Wars month. So that should be exciting. I love it. I love it. That's fantastic. All right. Well, thank you again. And um, we appreciate you. And we can't wait to see what's coming thank here you so in much. the future. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Have a great weekend. And... We're back. We're back. That was so fantastic. I am still on cloud nine. It was great. Awesome. I know you weren't there, but you were there with me in spirit because I always carry you with me in spirit in this little ring that I have. (laughs) Good response. (laughs) You know, it's so funny. We we talked about so many different things. Uh, I brought up a movie that we watched last night. Uh, after we spent some time with the kids, we watched Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. <laughs> it was so funny. I feel like I'm probably late to the game on this, but it was so funny. And I realized last night, as my husband told me, I'm middle-aged. <laughs> <laughs> I have at nothing 20, to say. At 25, <laughs> I am middle-aged. Isn't that amazing? It's just crazy. Yeah. It's so. Anyways, I, I go watch that movie. We all, you know, Justine and I mentioned, as you just heard, a little bit about 2020 and mental health, and all of us probably needed it. Even if you didn't admit it, you probably still do. Uh, and this movie is a definite pick me up. It's just so stupid fun. Mm-hmm. Like it's so silly and just lighthearted and good natured. And in its most zany moments, you're like, oh, I'm here for this ride. And Kristen Wiig is funny. And that other girl, I don't know her name, but uh, she was in Physical. If you didn't watch Physical, you should watch Physical. Even though I don't really know what that show is about, it's on Apple Plus. (laughs) If anyone (laughs) has Apple Plus, I don't know how popular that streaming service is, but watch it. Um, It was great, Justina. Thank you so much. I love this High Republic era. It's bringing in so many different things. Uh, It's helping me come back to my love of the Jedi, as I mentioned before, and uh, it's been great. Tom is not reading any of it, and that's okay. No. But I'm sure it's very, very good. (laughs) (laughs) It is great. So uh, next week, Star Wars Visions is being released the same day our next episode airs. I'm very excited. Excellent. Is this meaning I have to get up early in the morning? 3.30, babe. 3.30. (sighs) 
You're welcome. Thanks, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> it is on Wednesdays now. It's not on Fridays, so it's going to be weird because it is a hump day, and I'm going to be getting up really early. But all right. So we won't on next week's episode. We will not be discussing Star Wars Visions because it comes out that day. But this week, Tom, who doesn't like anime as of right now, even though you were excited about that trailer, right? It did look good. But no, I'm not a big fan of anime. But the trailer looked rad. But we're going to watch either Princess Mononoke or Akira. I don't know which one I'm going to have Tom watch. Both of them are one of my favorite movies. So we're going to talk about those. So it's not really Star Wars. But we're going to talk about both of those and their influence on Star Wars and how Star Wars influenced them. Possibly maybe a little bit. Probably maybe Princess Mononoke. Hmm. I don't know yet. I love both. Oh, God. They're so good. Maybe I'll ask Twitter. Should we ask Twitter? Should we let Twitter decide which one you watch? No. (laughs) (laughs) Why? I don't know. I just felt like saying it. (laughs) Well, I think I might have to. I'm not on Twitter. Uh, Well, I guess you are. You're at Tom underscore Sips Pink or Tom Sips. Just don't leave me a message. (laughs) He doesn't read it. We should probably just whatever. It's there. It's it's funny. I want to keep talking about it. But next week we are going to talk about something not Star Wars to prepare Tom for Star Wars anime. Like I, y'all have no idea how excited I am for Visions. Like it looks so good. I'm so excited for something different. There are Star Wars lightsaber umbrellas for God's sakes. I mean, come on, does not get any cooler than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned next week for that. In the meantime, follow the show on Twitter at Serving Pink Milk. And head on over to YouTube to follow Pink Milk Podcast. Hit the subscribe button, ring my bell, do all the things you're supposed to do on YouTube. We really are going to start working on some content for that. I've been saying it for a year and a half, but it'll come eventually. I just have to have time. Remember all those karates and soccers and all the things we mentioned? Mm-hmm. So it'll come. But uh, uh, Twitter is really the place to find me, mostly me. And Join us there. We're growing there and have fun. And until next week, Thomas, you ready? I'm ready. Drink up. Drink up.